Hello, welcome to the Richard Herring podcast feed powered by ACAST Plus. Thanks so much for listening to these. Do tell your friends if you enjoy them. The Can I Have My Ball Back Tour is back on the road this week. We're in London on the 7th in the Bloomsbury Theatre and Leicester Square Theatre on the 9th. I've got quite a lot of tickets to sell for both of those, so if you're in London, please come along. Then the 13th in Cambridge, few tickets left for that one. Uh, Leicester on the 14th, Leeds on the 15th. Uh, Salford on the 16th, Newcastle on the 17th, which is sold out on the website, but I think there might be a few more tickets to release. Uh, So do come along if you want to see me talk about my balls and one of them not being here anymore. It's a very funny show. Four star reviews in the Telegraph and the Standard. Um, Anyway, look, let's sit back, relax and enjoy another fantastic podcast from Richard Herring, the genius podcaster. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello there. Welcome to another Rahalastapa this week with the absolute one off comedy genius that is Ashley Story. This one is a lot of fun. Uh, I was feeling a bit depressed before I started doing this one and I, I was very, very happy by the end of it, I hope. Well, I'm not hoping the same, it'll be the same for you. I'm not hoping you're depressed, but I'm hoping you'll feel happier by the end of listening to this. Hey, look, we're doing some Rahalastapas at the Clapham Grand on the 6th of February. You're not allowed to come. Don't be stupid. But um, we are live streaming them and you can pay some money and help the Clapham Grand out and help me out a little bit, I suppose, and help the podcast out um, by buying tickets. They're at 5pm and 6.45pm. At 5pm there is Nish Kumar and at 6.45pm the Taskmaster Champion of Champions loser Lou Sanders. Um, So if you head to richtain.com slash gigs, you can see... Uh, all details of how to buy tickets for that. You have to buy separate tickets for each show. Uh, you can see one or you can see both of them. Uh, I hope if you've enjoyed all the free content over the last year and 13 years, uh, you might want to watch that one live. They will appear on the feeds and streams eventually anyway, so if you can't afford to pay that, you can still see them eventually. But it'll be a lot of fun seeing it live and it'll be nice to be face-to-face with my guests rather than talking over this stupid camera um so do check that richardherring.com slash gigs and uh if you go there you can find it richardherring.com slash slash tour you can find out uh what future guests we've got coming up on this podcast anyway let's sit back relax and enjoy rahalastapa with the amazing ashley and bona fide crazy ashley's story 
Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a man who's looking. He's wearing. I'm wearing a running top. What has become of me? Lockdown has got to me. Welcome to Richard Herring's lousy, shitty teacher podcast. Uh, I'm here in the classroom because I'm now uh, employed by the government to teach my own children, which you know, fair enough, isn't it? But uh, that's not what I signed up for. I thought I'd look after them for five years and then at school and someone else will teach them. We'll talk about it more in a minute. But I, I was uh, I was chatting to all the snowmen at the North Pole from Raymond Briggs's The Snowman. You know, they can fly, they can ride motorcycles. Uh, unlike the snowman I made with my daughter in the garden this week, um, they're not full of cat shit, as far as I'm aware. Uh, in uh, Raymond Briggs's one. It's not very realistic, and the heads don't fall apart when you put a carrot in them either. Anyway, they call it Rahalastapa. So that's what we're going to be talking about, uh, is uh, this is homeschooling. Now this, I was trying to homeschool my daughter. Uh, it's very frustrating. Um, it reminds me of when my dad tried to teach me to drive when I couldn't even drive, and we just argued, and that was it. Um, I had to... Uh, the task that I've been asked to do is just ludicrous, right? They've read a story from Aborigine culture about a frog that's full of all the water in the world and everyone has to make it laugh. And then the assignment was for her to write five questions she'd like to ask the fr- a magical frog from Aborigine. So I was trying to make it. I said, you can be anything. Doesn't it? it doesn't matter. You just have to write, write them down. And, and she's going, I can't do it. I can't do it. I was going, you can be anything. You can't, you can't even come up with a question for a magical frog. I, mean, I thought, what am I doing with my life? That That's not teaching or anything, is it? There aren't magical frogs that produce all the water if you make them laugh. A snake fall, falls over and it laughs and then it makes billabongs. It's insane. And then she's got to ask that frog questions and she didn't want to do it. 35 minutes of my day yesterday spent trying to work that out. Uh, so, And then everyone going, well, that's what you signed up for when you had kids. It is not what I signed up for. I'd look, I'll take care of my kids. I didn't think I'd have to teach them. Furious, furious about it. Anyway, when she was meant to be writing questions about to ask a frog, I just said, like, what's your what makes you laugh? What's it like being a frog? She wouldn't even take my suggestions. Uh, Instead of doing that, she drew this picture of me falling into some lava. That was what she did with her time, which is what she did last time. I tried to homeschool her. Well, not the in the last lockdown. Um, she, She drew that picture of me falling into some lava with a crocodile in it. And she did did it again, but now, like, in Minecraft way, digitally. This is what I have to put up with. I respect teachers very much. It's an incredibly hard job. I then, she had... You get, with the five-year-old, you get, like, 30 minutes a day with the whole class, right? So people say, oh, you just have to supervise. No, you have to teach him. And then she sat down and did everything the teacher said, and there were 30 kids all doing everything the teacher said. And I don't know how they do it, and I don't know if it's just because she doesn't want to listen to her dad. But teaching is the hardest thing in the world. Uh, and apart from that, we did make this... Uh, we made No, that's not it. We made this uh, snowman out in the garden, which I hadn't cleared up the cat poo for a while off the lawn. And we've got a very small lawn and the cat poo's on it and I have to go out every day and clear it up. And I hadn't done it for a while. When we started rolling the snowman, I'd noticed bits of cat poo were getting caught in it and I wasn't that bothered. That's not cat poo on it. I rolled it out of the grass into the edge because that's going to melt cat poo off the lawn. It's a, I'm going to take it to Dragon's Den as a suggestion. You have to when this. It's not really marketable because it has to snow and you can just do it yourself. But um, I just, 
you know, I kind of hope I'm forging some memories with my kids and I, all the things I remember, for, you know, I remember all the snow days from when I was a kid. And so you think maybe they'll remember this day that they made a snowman with, and there was cat poo inside it. Um, when I'm gone, they'll, they'll look back and remember their old dad. But when I was thinking, looking back at all the snow days that I did remember, every single one ended with me crying. Uh, I remember being pelted by snowballs from a foot away by some kids who started having a snowball fight with me in the street and just started throwing ice in my face. I got lost in Cheddar Gorge, walking in six-foot snowdrifts and basically got hypothermia, cried in the bath as I was warmed up. Just every single snow... I've got, oh, it's wonderful. I remember every single one ends in crying and my daughter ended up crying because she tried to put a carrot into her... That's my snowman. That's not her snowman. Its head fell apart. Raymond Briggs does not warn you about that. Anyway... Uh, if you are watching this live, you, if you're not enjoying this, uh, you can watch me simultaneously in the Cathedral Arts Quarter Festival uh, being interviewed about my book, The Problem With Men, which I do heartily recommend the book, not the, I mean, the, the thing's good as well. I think you, I think you can watch it later uh, on YouTube. Um, I'm currently live on two internet channels. This is like being on BBC One and ITV simultaneously. How am I doing it? I'm magic. I'm like the snow. I'm like a cat poo filled snowman. I'm absolute magic. Right, my guest. I just wanted to vent about the teaching. Some guy, you chose to have the kids. When I was spunking up in my wife, I didn't think, oh, yeah, better be careful, better stop doing this in case in six years' time there's a pandemic and for some reason everyone has to teach their own fucking kids. I didn't see that coming, mate. When I was. And that would have put me off. It might have, might have actually made it more exciting for me. I'd have had triplets. That's what I think. I can hear my guest laughing. That's good news. So, uh, will you please welcome my guest? She's probably best known as the wee girl in the metal tea urn in the short film Alabama. Alabama. That's why we're all here today to see her. Uh, please welcome the wonderful Ashley Story, ladies and gentlemen. Look at that. There she is. She's the queen of the forest. Hello. How are you doing? I am enjoying your tale of cat piss snowman very <laughs> yeah. much. It's... That's the verse they left out of Frozen. Do you want to build a snowman? Roll some cat shite in a ball. Yeah, it, I, I, it picked up the cat poo, but the dog had just had diarrhea on top of the snow. <laughs> and I tried to pick that up and that was a mistake. It did that, that, didn't, that wasn't viscous enough. Uh, or it was too viscous, maybe. And, uh, and a little bit, it sort of smeared onto the snowman. And then I had to roll the snowman a bit more to cut. I mean, I covered up all the poo. The, the poo is all inside the snowman, which... I think gives the snowman a taste of what it is to be like almost human, isn't it? Because they've got intestines. I mean, it's cat, cat poo and dog diarrhea inside them. But it's isn't it weird? I was all tired, wasn't I? I told you this just before the. I was all like, oh, I don't want to do this. And look at me now. Look at me. Look how full of life I am now. Full of them and vigor and cat shape. Yeah. Do you um do you remember snow days from your childhood? Are they and, and did any of them end in not end in you crying? I think just it's you think it's a wonderful thing. My daughter was so excited. Um, she said she wished it could snow every day, and I said it wouldn't be as good if it snowed every day. It's I'm very day. young, so global know, but... warming has been in effect for most of my life. <laughs> so you haven't so had snow in I Glasgow. Think I've, no, I don't think I've ever seen a flake. Um, <laughs> You're not from Australia, you're from Glasgow. It's cold up there all the time. Very young, Richard, so <laughs> a baby. No, nah. oh, it's always tears. It's, you think it's great and then it's snow is just disappointing and it very quickly turns from something magical into something horrible and hard and wet. 
I've just cold. never been enamored by weather. Like, no. there's always people who are like, oh, it's weather. And I'm just like, it's, it's weather. I don't know why you're all getting all your knickers on a bunch. Snow, rain, winds. It's just, just God being angry. So <laughs> I'll stay in the house. Thank you very much. Well, fair enough. Um, so, look, let's, for people who, uh, who can't see you, if they listen to the podcast, you are wearing an absolutely fantastic headdress. Uh, Thank you. I, I, is that what you'd call it? I don't, it's, not, it's more than just something to keep your hair up. It's a headband. It's um, more than that. It's a decorated headband. It's it's, got... Do you know what it is? Have you, you've been on Twitch, Richard. You've yes, been on Twitch. I have. A lot of female gamers have cat ears, and it's a sexy thing. Yeah. And I thought, what can I do that makes my head interesting but doesn't make me like a sexy person? No, it does make you like a sexy person. Because... You're a liar. And if you're saying that, <laughs> then you've got something wrong with you. I'm trying to conjure up like Wickerman there's some, feelings. There's, there's some deer. Is it like meant to be a deer? There's some deer, deer ears and uh, it's, some It's deery. It's a deer antler. I, originally, it was headphones with antlers that I glued on myself, but then they fell off. Okay. So then I just bought antlers. But then I've got a couple of pairs that get bigger and bigger. I've got quite a lot of antlers. Okay, that's good. And is the fruit on there edible? That'd be quite nice if you if you're doing Twitch. You can just pick a pick a, a berry off there and eat that. Or are they are they just decorative? No, they're just decorative, okay. Richard. It's not fruit on my head. I'm not Maria Prakatan. <laughs> I've not got an edible fruit bowl on my head. Well, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna get some of those because you know I'm just here with headphones and my sagging, graying head. Uh, so I have to do better. You've made me feel I have to do better. Well, tell us about you. Were, were you three years old in your your first appearance? You're the wee girl in the T-urn. The wee girl in the metal tea um, in the short film Alabama. Do you remember anything about it or is it just made up as a joke? I don't know if my mum made that up to bulk my CV out. I've got no clue. It's on your website. I, yeah, I know, but like, I think that that got made by John Fleming like seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I did a lot of acting as a child. I was very cute and I was very easily directed and I would do whatever adults told me to. So I would just get shipped in to do... There's like weird adverts of me driving a tiny police car with a full-size policeman beside me. And it's like, sign up to Scottish police. I have got no idea why I was doing that, but I did. You were in a Ken Loach advert, according to your website, for Fairy I Powder. I was... I was, and he did a he did a documentary about his life, and he described that period of time as his darkest period. <laughs> so I was there. I saw Ken, Ken Loach, who did like Kathy Come Home, yeah. one of the saddest films ever. Mm-mm. When he had to do commercials, that was the darkest period of his career, and I witnessed it. Did as he a make child. the Did he make the commercials as dark as and as gritty as his? films or did he did he bite the bullet i only remember very few things about him but one of the things i remember is he would tell me to do something and then he'd hide behind the couch to like see what i would do and then essentially i had right been on my t-shirt and i had to come downstairs and he was like just just do what you want just come downstairs and just tell us what you feel and i came downstairs and i went i've been shot and that tickled him (laughs) and that's how i got the part Brilliant. Um, well, you have got a very unique uh, and 
So, I mean, a very unique way of performing, I think, and a, and a uniquely, um, yeah. What's the what's the word? What's the polite way of saying it, Ashley? You've got. I mean, it, it, I'm trying to be polite by saying it's it's a it's an interesting. No one else could do what you do. I think is probably what I'm trying to say. I'm a big weirdo, and that's yeah. all right. You that's, are a big that's... weirdo, but it's but that's I like that. And there's a there's a lot of comedians who are big weirdos, so it's you're in the the correct job. Um, but I think even it, I, I like what I like, I think is, um, many things, but I think it's sort of, there's an honesty and you've, you've never really, and I've known you for a long time cause I, you used to do stand up also when you were a child. So I've, I, you know, I met you, uh, which you won't remember. I don't think in, um, somewhere like the, uh, uh one of the, uh, one of the Edinburgh venues, I can't remember what it was called now, but, and I performed there. Um, uh, the underbelly, one of those guys, uh, the underbelly, and um, you know, you were you were like you were doing stand up at like eleven or twelve years old, were you right? When you okay, when I met you, at the underbelly, I was I was 24. not doing stand up. I was <laughs> I was an underage teenager who was convincing barmen to give me drinks. <laughs> it was a great time. Well, you were still young then, but yeah, you, so you did stand up first, and then you stopped doing stand up. Mm-hmm. fairly quickly but then you can, yeah. came back to it a, a lot later um yeah. but i think it's just you there's in the stuff you're doing online we'll talk about that as well a bit in, in a minute but the stuff you're doing online i think you're just very you, you're not there's no pretense you, we, we're getting the the real ashley story i think is yeah well it's autism very <laughs> <laughs> much what that is i got diagnosed and when they give me like a, they gave me like a book explaining why I was autistic, which they needn't have really done. Um, but they gave me like a whole thing and they were like, oh, it's really good you've like picked a job where you can just be you. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's pretty much true. But it's a lot of comedians will try and fit in or try and be cool or try and hide away, you know, try and either exaggerate or hide away what they're doing. I just sort of feel, it feels very honest. I took a test for autism and uh, I'm not autistic. It's like a, a lot of people, well, the test tells me I'm not autistic. I, mm-hmm. thought, I thought I might be. Um, because I'm kind of a bit, I'm a bit awkward socially, and I get very obsessed about doing <laughs> doing yeah. certain projects and things, and I do them quite obsessively. But I don't. I, apparently, I'm nowhere near being. being did you do a test on the internet or with a, a medical test, professional? I did a test on the internet, but it looked quite a quite a good one. Was it on BuzzFeed? Uh, no, <laughs> okay, it, was, it was some. I got, I got, I was sort of at the high end of completely normal there was there was you know i think i got 12 out, out of 50 or something it was it was some way away from being okay being, being autistic which you know i think a lot of people it's one of those things that lots of people goes oh i'm a bit autistic and that and they're not right <laughs> no it's like people who say that like people who are clean who say they've got ocd yeah. and i'm like no no i've got friends with ocd who can't leave the house until they've like checked that the light switch is turned off a specific way or right. They've locked the door a funny way, or we just can't leave. That's that's the end of that. That's yeah. that's not you keeping your fucking curtains at a certain cleanly level. Yes, and I think am I I'm allowed a... to say fucking? Sorry, yeah, you're allowed to say anything you want. Okay, uh, thank you. Don't get, don't be racist if you if you can help it. If you're right, if you want to start being racist, well, I'll hold it in, Richard. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll hold in my racism for now. Fuck the English. Anyhow, yeah, sorry, right. it just it spelled out. I apologise, all <laughs> English people. <laughs> that's accept- that's it's accept it's acceptable, isn't it, to be racist to the English? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's 
and I will be racist to the Scottish in return. Um, so uh, <laughs> that's it's a dance as old as time. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, there's not, there's not, those sort of things where I feel like I've oh, have I locked the door? I have to go back and check three times sometimes. But that's still that's still nowhere near, right? That's still nowhere near. The... You've done the test for ADHD. Um, I th- yeah, I think I think uh, I I did. I don't, you know, I think I'm fair. I would, I'd love to not. I'd love to be have an excuse for the way I yeah. behave, but I don't actually have any excuse. I'm just, I'm just a bit weird, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and get a bit obsessed about things that I don't need to be obsessed about. But I guess I'm always doing it at a slight. I'm always wink- I'm winking at it when I'm and I'm getting obsessed with things while still slightly being obsessed with them. So okay. it's, I think, you know, it's within my control, I think. I think I can, I can stop most of the time if I want to. So I, I think that, that, takes, that takes it away. I just don't know why you're winking. Yeah, like, I'm winking at it. <laughs> you're, winking you're obsessed with something and you're winking at it. You're like the weirdest stuff in the world. Just walking behind a woman <laughs> winking at her. <laughs> I'm obsessed, but I'm winking. It's fine. <laughs> I'm winking. I'm winking at it. Um, so how you found out quite recently, though, or certainly as an adult, so you didn't know as a as a child that. Mm-mm. I mean, you had a you had an unusual child. You're, I mean, we've we've been you've been on the podcast before with your mum, Janie Godley, and yes. been annoyed that I have never had you on on your own. And mm-hmm. look, now here you are. Let's I know bring, all it took let, was a pandemic. Let's let's bring Janie in though. Just no. So your mum. Your mum is quite a character as well, and your dad is uh, is also. Well, you've written about your dad, and you've done a, you've done a radio show about your dad's uh, autism as well, and he's. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you've had quite an unusual upbringing of freedom and and your parents. I think in the last podcast we talked about how your mum pretended you were diabetic so you wouldn't be get to eat sweets as a child, even though you weren't. Yep, and that's, that's quite it. unusual, right? I told you. I, I don't know if this is in the podcast or whether I read this today. That uh, that the ice cream men only played their song, their music when they were sad, so they <laughs> so they wouldn't be selling any ice cream. Um, so your mum was, and you've come. You come from a, a family, a working class family, that had some uh, criminal connections. Yes, the, the, I think is. <laughs> So you've had quite an unusual upbringing. So um, is, is that yeah. why you didn't know there was anything wrong, or was it just something um, that wasn't that people weren't interested or didn't diagnose back twenty um, years ago? There was things that I had kind of self-diagnosed. I, I had always kind of self-diagnosed and said, "Well, Dad has it. There's a big genetic link." There's because I diagnosed Dad when we were at school. We got taught about the Baron Cohen test, right? Which is the original test for Asperger's that was um, invented by Sasha Baron Cohen's brother, which is <laughs> mad. <laughs> that Borat's brother invented the test for yeah. autism. Is it definitely um, not some kind of? Is it definitely real and not some kind of spoof thing? I don't. I don't know. Wouldn't that be, be a fun? Wouldn't that be a fun <laughs> twist if autism didn't exist and it was all just a Borat joke? Um, but yeah, I read about that test. And there was something weird in the test about not being able to use the phone. And my dad can't use the phone. He'll like make me hold the phone and talk to people, and he'll frantically mouth what he wants me to say okay. on his behalf over the phone. And I always thought that was really normal. And. <laughs> And also I had to answer the phone a specific way. So as a small child, I would pick up the phone and go, hello, this is Janie Godley's house. How may I help you? 
and I thought that was normal. So yeah. when I was at other people's houses, my friend's houses, my friend Victoria's house, the phone would go and our mum, Rosie, would be like, oh, answer the phone for me. And I'd be like, hello, this is the Barnet residence. How may I help you? <laughs> and thought that was normal and people yeah. thought it was super weird. And I was like, okay, that's a weird thing. So I put it on my list. And then <laughs> when I saw this test, I was like, oh, that's dad, that's dad, that's dad. And then I said to him, you might not be just an angry psycho you might have a thing and he was delighted because he spent he spent his entire life thinking he's got something wrong with his brain and not understanding it and being like oh i'm just a bad man who doesn't like velvet and then he got to go to the doctors the doctor was like that's what it is it was honestly like i'd discovered something (laughs) magical and all these adult people round about me went oh that's what it that explains everything and then they tested them and within like a second of the man testing them and i remember the man who tested them wore a tie that didn't have a point it was like a karate belt it was like a square tie (laughs) okay and that and dad could barely hold himself together just from that and he was like you're gonna have to take off that tie mate because that's not making sense and the guy was like okay so you're autistic because that's not a normal reaction to my stylish modern tie (laughs) and so how how is it sort of both for yourself and for your dad as well you because you're using your dad in your comedy and uh as does your mum as well but so you're sort of fighting over who gets to talk about his stuff but is that is that uh is that a difficult thing to talk about certainly like if it's yourself it's a bit different there but if you're talking about your dad is do, do you have any uh worries about joking about it or is it all he, he doesn't come and see gigs right so does he ever listen to any of the radio shows that he so he doesn't know what you've done really he does i'll tell him and i'll speak to him about stuff but yeah. he doesn't care he he doesn't people think that we make that up that he doesn't care but he genuinely cares more that i don't leave the light on in the toilet than go on stage and call him anything like he wouldn't care but if i don't turn the washing machine off when i'm done with it even though it's got a self turn off function and it will turn off eventually that'll do his tits in for like a month but if I went on stage and was like, my dad's an annoying, smelly plum, he'd be like, no, that's fair. And well, doesn't... yeah, it's but it's, it's you know I've, I've always I'm interested in the you know in the link between or or sort of the way that comedy often skirts and plays around with mental illness and you know it's a, it's a way of I guess co- if, as long as it's not you know taking the piss, um, it's a sort of way of coping with the sort of fragility and peccadilloes of our minds, you know, to be able to joke about it. But also, you know, these things, it's it's a it's a weird thing with autism because what happens is sort of inherently funny because it's what isn't what you're not meant to do. So it's it's sort of like a joke anyway, right, isn't it? Because it's that's how jokes work or that's how comedy works. It's someone behaving in a way that they're not meant to behave in society and from guess... the humour rises and that's that's daily life for someone with autism. But sometimes I think the humour is more his actions, which is like, oh, how society shouldn't act, kind of makes me reflect upon society. And I'm like, yeah. maybe you are the arseholes and we are right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> kind of convinced that that's 
that we're all right on this yeah. one, especially with like interpersonal relationships. I don't, I don't do the, I don't do the new relationship you hide in your crazy thing until you get a mortgage and then <laughs> displaying it yeah. once it's too late and you can't back out the deal. I think that that's mad, and I've got friends who do that, and I'm like, just tell them that you're a weirdo <laughs> and stop with this. I don't poop nonsense. <laughs> Well, I think that's, but I think that, you know, the world, as, as we're increasingly seeing, the world is insane. And, and society and civilization are an artifice that we've placed on human life in order to improve certain, you know, it's, it's a good idea in a lot of ways to have organized stuff and have religion even because it, it helps us survive, which is good for it, for the survival of our genes. And civilization helps us not just kill each other automatically, but also it's not like natural you know in terms of it's not how we're meant to be in, in nature i guess so, I don't really... so therefore well just that you know that it's an artifice that civilization and everything we do is an artifice so that i think that's part of comedy's job is to go you know isn't it weird that yeah um you know that there's someone who's a queen and she's just that because she plopped out the right vagina and <laughs> You're just you're just all accepting that. Why is that? Why is that a thing? You know, yeah. or whatever, or smaller things than that as well. So you know, I think that that's. I think I suppose that's what interests me about about like exploring my own, you know, slight madness and my own slight obsessions is that is yeah that when I clear stones off a field and commentate on it, I'm thinking this is no more ridiculous than the jobs of the people who are listening to this but because they get paid for doing that because they go into a place and you know they're wasting their life putting figures into a computer and i'm wasting my life putting stones at the edge of a field so you know who are, who is the madman ashley who is it it's me it is me in that i think it's true yes though because yeah. i don't really understand are you saying that comedy's like moving stones i'm so confused i think, I think are you building a wall I'm richard saying, what I'm the saying, fuck are you doing i'm, I'm building walls gonna be visible from space i'm saying <laughs> that life is a life is a like life is a joke life is ridiculous and our lives we're here by in a sort of cosmic accident and there's no you know we're trying to place uh, meaning into stuff that has no meaning, I think, you know, and we're trying to say, oh, if this happens, then this happens. So all the all the way we, you know, I think we got quite good as a species in terms of actually finding out why some stuff's happened. But along the way, there's been a lot of fucking mad shit going on in order to get to that point. So, you know, people say, oh, this happens because uh, the sun won't come up unless I kill someone on a mountain at night time. And look, it's come up again, so that proves it. So, you know, there's lots of mad things that have happened that uh, on the way to us being, like, slightly enlightened, but you can't really say that when you look at the way the world's working at the moment, that we're an enlightened yeah. species. On that subject, Richard, yeah. are you excited for disclosure? I don't know what disclosure is. They're going to tell us about the aliens so soon. Are they? Yeah, it's it's literally round the corner. Okay. We're going to find out that the greys, the reptilians, it's all happening. Well, it sounds like you've you've already been told, if you know it's coming. Well, I've been told because I know the right website, okay. Richard. But the government are going to tell us, specifically the Americans. Okay. I'm very excited. I just, have they, have they been sitting on it for so long without without anyone knowing about Bluetooth. it? Bluetooth. That's how we got Bluetooth. Okay. Well, look, I, I, you know, I think uh, there's a possibility. We, there's a, a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of advances in uh, technology very quickly since yep, the yep, Roswell yep. alien crashed into Area 51. 
Mm-hmm. And Eisenhower made the deal with the small greys to sell human flesh for Wi-Fi. Okay. <laughs> okay. We get we're getting into that territory. It's very early. I'm I'm very happy to talk about it. Um, but uh, yeah, I will see. I mean, you know, they, I th- I was saying. I mean, I was I'm sort of self mockingly saying. Uh, I think there's just a good chance there's there's nothing else out there in terms of intelligent life. I think we're I think we're such a I think we're such an accident that even if the universe is infinite, we might be the only one that uh, has got to the 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 this point. I kind of really hope that there's like bigger knobs than us out there. Yeah, well, there's like there... I'm not looking for intelligent life that's going to teach us anything. <laughs> I'm looking for like a race of like, um, excuse me, but did you know that actually stars are this? I want that. Okay. I want like aliens with podcasts to turn up and fedoras. If there are aliens, they will have podcasts. If they, I just think for them to get here, they've got to be quite clever or just have fallen onto an asteroid somehow. Are lucky. Well, they you know they'd have had to try unless they're much close unless they're living on Venus or Mars. They they would they've got a long way to travel and they'd they'd have to be quite clever to work out how to go that fast that uh, easily or find wormholes. So it's possible, you know. I don't think. Have you ever seen a UFO yourself? No, I've seen time travel, but not a UFO. You've seen time travel. Now tell me about that. Well, have you seen time travel? I have a hundred percent seen time travel. Uh, you can take that dubious geography teacher tone want, out of your I voice. I want to know how you've seen it. <laughs> have you experienced it, or have you just seen someone appear and disappear? And they went, "I'm from 1872." Oh, is that no. what happened? Um, no. Okay. So, like, maybe eight years ago, yeah. me and my friends were sitting in my room. Were we partaking in substance abuse? Not really, <laughs> and. <laughs> I was explaining time travel to my two friends who aren't bright. And I said to them, let's all write in our iPhones this day, this time. And in the future, if time travel's possible, let's come back to this exact moment in time and alert ourselves to it. So we did that. We cowed down. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Nothing happens. Three seconds later, this is four in the morning, a firework goes off outside my flat window. I look out my window and there is a fat old lady running down the street who looked like me. <laughs> well, that's good. So that's good to know that you are indestructible now until you until that moment happens in reality. Yep. So you can do anything. You can walk into fires and you'll probably be okay. Um you might, if you couldn't say, she might have been hideously burnt. Um, my friend Andrew Mackay did the same thing as that, uh, and and except we were writing it in diaries back then, but he uh, he forgot to transcribe it one year to a he didn't turn up, so uh, when at the appointed time, but then he forgot one year to transcribe it to his new diary, so he forgot what day it was meant to be. Well, that's so, why he didn't turn up. So that might be why he didn't turn up. But also, he didn't, so he didn't turn up, so he didn't bother to transcribe it though. So you know, it's both last. Ways, Last year, I saw a person out my window at the same bit of land who fully walked backwards for like seven minutes. And one time I looked out the window and everybody was just standing still. And then, like, as if they knew I was looking, they all started moving again. (laughs) And mum has witnessed this too. (laughs) And one time... 
You could I'm not be in finished. the Truman Show. You could be in the, the Scottish Truman Show. I don't think so. I just think there's a wormhole across the road from my house okay. near where the Chinese herbal medicine shop is. And this other time, there was a man fully in old-fashioned clothes and he walked out and he went, I've been shot in the arse and I don't know where I am. Right. Gun crime isn't a thing in Scotland. <laughs> How? And he looked like he was like from Bridgerton. Well, I wonder whether when you set up the thing about the coming back to that time and then you came back to that time with your firework from the I've future. something. Was it a futuristic firework that you set into motion something like a, a rift in the fabric of time that has created all these other things happening and then a, a guy has come uh, from... It's like the guy from rent ghost was a Victorian guy, wasn't he? That's used to, That's references lost on you because you're too young. I've killed um, a thread, Richard, on the fabric of time yeah. and something's afoot and I'm excited by it. That's so good. to answer your question, how have you seen time travel? That's okay, how. No, I'm, I'm, go- I'm on board with that. That's pretty good. So the aliens are coming. I'm good to, it's good to know time travel is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, I think I'm just going to be too late for all of these things. Uh, you know, within 20 years, people will be immortal, basically. I don't. Think I did look very old, and I'm a slow ager. Right. So I was probably like a hundred. Yeah, I think that could be true, and I think people will get older and older, and will live for longer and longer. But I'm just of the generation that I'm just gonna peter out just before that happens. Um, yeah, sad. But I, in a way, I'm ready to go. I'm re- I've had a good life, actually. I'm ready to go. I if know, I, I want to be like Robin Williams in that bicentennial man film, where he's got all the. No. The knobs and twiddles and he lists forever. Now I've found out that homeschooling is going on until March the 8th. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. If I would just go, look, I'm sorry, kids. I'm sorry to leave you, but it's fine. They'll be, your your mum's attractive. You'll have a new dad soon. That's true. And I don't want to do this anymore. Do you <laughs> want me to teach them science? Yes, I would love that. Yeah, if you could. <laughs> Perhaps you and my daughter will, will together will create time travel. Maybe that's how it's going to happen. Maybe. Thanks thanks to me <laughs> passing away. Um, you never know. Um, good. Well, look, most of my, my emergency questions are basically been answered now by... <laughs> within seconds. Uh, I did ask you some out of the old book. I'll ask you some out of the new book. We'll get on to some other stuff as well. You're very, very good value, Ashley Story. I'm going to tell you that. Um, Thank you. Uh <laughs> Uh, this is an interesting question I don't think I've asked anyone before can people change Ashley do you think people can change there's a bit in uh, what song is it there's something I think in in Frozen actually there's a bit where people don't really there's, a, there's one of the messages of that song is that people don't really change so there's something that people don't really change uh, I think people do change do you think people change I think people can change um, The Rock was a villain at the beginning of wrestling and now right. he's everybody's favourite wrestler. Okay, there you go. Um, and I think people can change. Do they change on the inside? No, but I think we're all very good at pretending to be better I than we are. I th- well, I don't know. I think we do. I think you can change on the inside. I think we. I think like people are dishonest, obviously, about what goes on inside their heads. Apart from you, Ashley, you're very honest <laughs> about what goes inside your head. But uh, and also and and cheat them, lie to themselves, and. You know, everyone thinks they're the good one in the story, don't they? I mean, that's the thing. I think everyone, th- you know, unless you're really going full pelt to be evil, I think everyone thinks, oh, I'm, I'm good. Oh, yeah, I did that thing. But that's here's the extenuating circumstances of why I was mean to that person. Um, so, uh, but I think, you know, I've, I've changed, I think, in the last uh, 
20 years. I think I'm a very different person than I was. I think just the idea, I think that it seems to me like it's a, an excuse to, 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 to you know, uh, to excuse sort of bad behaviour. You can go, oh, the thing is, people don't change. That guy's going to be a dick for the rest of his That guy, he'll never settle down because he's that kind of guy, you know. But I think if you compare me now to me of 20 years ago, I'm a very... Do you wear less suede? I wear less suede. I did. I did have a, a sort of leathery jacket. Yeah, back that's then. my one only memory <laughs> of you is that you wore like a beigey jacket, yeah, and I like, didn't like it. I like that jacket. I had. Th- I actually had uh, four copies of that jacket. <laughs> <laughs> they, I got through. They. I, I, I never look after anything properly. It, it was. It was wasn't that expensive, but it was quite expensive. But I then saw them on sale, like for about a quarter price, and I bought all of the ones that, that fitted me. So I did wear that jacket for a long time because I had several copies of them. Uh, but now I don't, you know, I don't. I did buy a leather jacket a couple of years ago, and uh, it doesn't doesn't suit a fifty-two, three-year-old man really. I think maybe there's people who can change and people who can't. Okay, so I've changed because I don't wear leather clothes. And you're a changer. I do change. Maybe there's, maybe there's twisters and stickers. There and there's people who stick and there's people who twist. <laughs> I and... think life is a... Like, you know, like, you've got to keep learning in life and you've got to... If you're not changing, then you're not doing life right because there's lessons all the way through life about... You've got to go, oh, why the... F-? Most of the things that happen to us that are bad are our own fault, Ashley. And... If you're not learning from the, your mistakes, then you're, there's something very, very bad going on. And it, you know, it not you, you allow the first forty years to not learn from your mistakes, but after, okay. the, after the first forty, if you're not learning from your mistakes, then uh, you know, good luck to you. Uh, it's a very we're getting very philosophical. I like it. I thought I was going to talk to you about uh, Twitch and stuff, but no. Let's see what else. Uh- Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Um, uh, would you rather be a Grinch or a Shrek? If you could choose between those two things. Do you know, are you aware of both these uh, monster gr- green-based I am. Things? I think I'd rather be a Grinch because I would want to hang about with the little Who people and I'd have the little dog and his cave is cool and I don't like Shrek because he's always <laughs> trying to get his hole and going about it the wrong way. Okay. But, I, know, just, he's, I, he's so I gave Scottish, up into two. Shrek, Shrek's off so the cough. Scottish. 
He's so brilliant. That accent is exactly that is the best. I that's don't what, get. That's what I'm aiming for when I when I do my Scottish impression. I'm trying to get get to. I, I've never really got a handle on the Grinch. Does he? My kids were watching at Christmas, but I was bored by it. Um, does he get better? Does he change? Does the Grinch change? Does he get his he, heart he, grows and grows, okay. and he's filled with the spirit of Christmas because the little kid with the turned up nose is like, "Oh, don't ruin Christmas!" And then she sings that wee song, and okay. then all the Who's and Whoville sing and his heart gets big and he's filled with joy and then I think he like I think he gets a girlfriend at the end of okay. it it's just Ebenezer Scrooge in green right it's just a green Ebenezer Scrooge that's what they've done there without ghosts okay and also he doesn't like hurt any disabled employees <laughs> yeah <laughs> fair enough well actually you know Tiny Tim was not uh, employed by Scrooge you don't know what was going was on with just... his dad. He had problems. Yeah. He had a bad back. Sore legs. Good. So if the Grinch can change, then anyone can change. So I think you've just answered the previous question there and your love of I the Grinch. I think you're right. You're Sh- absolutely right. Shrek can't change. Shrek doesn't charm and he does change a bit. Well, Shrek's a sticker. The Grinch is a twister. <laughs> um, okay, I'll ask you this. One more emergency question, then I'm going to go back to my notebook. This, this has happened to me. Have you ever taken part in an identity parade, either trying to pick out the criminal, being one of the people who isn't a criminal, or being the alleged criminal? No, but there was a man who was masturbating in a Starbucks when I was a teenager, and it's when I realised that I struggled to describe people without being... I don't know, like, I just couldn't get... When, I, when they showed me what my description was, it looked like something from The Grinch. It's <laughs> <laughs> like... Maybe I'm not good at describing things in a non-comedic fashion. Maybe just um, all men look like the Grinch when they're masturbating. I don't know. I haven't... Maybe they... Just, maybe. Just as they're hunched over. Maybe. Going to but tear yeah, on themselves. I'm not good at... It's, it's a difficult thing when somebody's like, oh, and what was the length of his nose? And I was like, I don't know, yeah, but I it was nasty. Well, he I had a cruel nose. My uh, mental illness is I I have aph- aphantasia, which means I can't. I haven't mentioned this for weeks. And people will be delighted it's back. I can't <laughs> uh, bring up images in my brain, right? so I can't see. If, it, if I'm imagining something, I'm not seeing anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I get like very brief flashes. So if I'm thinking of your face, I will sort of I'll know what your face looks like, but I won't be able to see it. If you see what I mean, it'll just sort of flash. Something will flash almost behind my my brain's eyes. So I think I would struggle to to uh, like do uh, to, to do any of those things where you have to say what what someone looked like and get them to be drawn because I wouldn't it'd be very difficult to really pull that up. It was less that I couldn't see him and more okay. that his head and my mind was like <laughs> I don't know trippy. I just see things. I think I see the world all different than everybody <laughs> sees it. Because if somebody said, "Oh, describe Richard Herring," I would be like, "Hmm, like soft and like a badger." But like a friendly badger with yeah. pinkness. Yeah. And then they'd draw you and I'd be like, no, that's not what I meant. But you know what I mean. And that's my, again, assumed knowledge as yeah. a sign of autism. Okay. It's assuming everybody understands completely what you're talking about. Well, who knows what other people say. That's, you know, that's the perception is the, at the heart of everything, isn't it? I mean, we're getting very much into stone uh, students at university first week of university territory now but you know why not <laughs> we've started let's go we've started so we'll finish um you know what if the color you see is blue i see is green doesn't really matter does it because we just still would call it the same thing 
So let's talk about something else for a second before we get back into our crazy lives. <laughs> this is very good, Ashley. This is uh, an extremely enjoyable podcast. Uh, as I'm glad. I knew, it, I, I knew it would be. Um, uh, well, I'm sort of, both you and your mum, this last couple of years seem to really have uh, broken through into public consciousness more than you had before. But having both worked for uh, a good length of time without getting uh i think the attention you both deserved so your mum certainly has been going for a stand-up for what 30 years 20 30 years or something like that, 20 years i don't know how long it is a big but long time a big long time and what do you think the reason is that say like tv and radio have been reluctant to, is it there's lots of possible reasons and maybe it's all of them uh, but... I think that there's lots of di- there's lots of different things. People always go to the swearing as the first one, but I know so many male comedians who swear and yeah. are vile on stage, but get booked on radio and television, and it's never ever questioned that they'll be able to control themselves when a camera's on them and not do their big weird pussy joke. Like yeah. it's never brought into account that that might be a thing but for some reason and I don't know if it's the Scottishness and I don't know if it's the women thing but there will be times where I'll go on stage and somebody will go just so you know you can't swear and I'm like yeah I'm I'm aware it's like a dementia charity I'm not going to go out and do my C-bomb material calm down Karen but there is like a weird um because I before when I started comedy the thing I was doing was I was doing kids shows more than I was doing adult shows i was doing frozen like for two years on tour and i managed to do two years every day in frozen without one swearing in front of a child <laughs> who were you playing in frozen okay oh, so you know the guy who runs the shop yeah Woo-hoo! yeah i was his sister okay. um it was a character i created of my own <laughs> because um i had to host sing along a frozen i was also <laughs> olaf um yeah, good. I so i would run mind. off stage put on my olaf costume do my bees will buzz kids will go and the lion buzz do my little dance and um me and the two princesses would do these giant sing-along shows <laughs> across britain that sounds fantastic i would if you bring it back my kids are obsessed with uh, my son was dressed as elsa today for all all day, it was very good. He's twenty eight years old as well, so it's uh, no, he's three. It's fine. Um, uh, so yes, it, I've, I've, I'm very well aware of the uh, the frozen oeuvre, um, and yeah, I think you'd be good, Olaf. And I think that's that's nice. Anyway, yes. So I mean, I don't. know. It seems to me like, um, but you you know, your family's a working class family, and a uh, you know, and it from Scotland, and that, whether that's a positive or a negative to people in London, I don't know. I mean, it does, I think it's a negative. It I think is. it is a negative, and I know that there are people who will heartily disagree with me and say Scotland is loved south of the border. But I have been enough times. I've been in enough comedy clubs and and rooms where some London persons come up to me, and mean, "Oh, you're from Glasgow? That must be like so scary." <laughs> Uh, you come from Scotland, oh my god, how have you not been stabbed? And I'm like, I've been to Newcastle, I've seen the other parts of England, you don't get to throw shite at us anymore. That's, yeah. I've seen your cities, and they're just as fucking dodgy as ours. Shush now, shush your beast. The only place I've ever been mugged was in London, yeah. in my entire life. <laughs> the only place where I've ever been robbed was in London. But there's a weird, and I think it's the bill, Richard. I think that the bill 
whenever they had a Scottish person <laughs> on it, it was always a drug dealer or a gangster. And yeah. I think everybody in the 80s, 90s and early 2000s had their brain warped by Sun Hill. Right. It could be that. I don't know. I mean, I would think, you know, you would think that TV commissioners were going, well, we, it'd be good to get more women. It'd be good to get more working class people on TV. It would be good to have some different accents. But I wonder, like, I, I'm, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to place devil's advocate particularly, but I, you know, someone like Limmy as well, who I think is like just absolutely one of the greatest comedy minds of, uh, of our generation and just such a fascinating person. Uh, but again, I think like with him, I think people felt, well, will people in England get that? Which they absolutely fucking would. So fuck off. But is it that Glasgow maybe particularly is produced? I think there's it feels to me like a city and there aren't many left in the United Kingdom that has its really its own personality. And, and I wonder whether it feels to an outsider that they're not in on the joke, you know, that maybe you have to get in on the joke to get the stuff that's going on. You have to kind of become familiar with it. And it, maybe it's putting people off in that way because it's not like, you know, what Limmy's doing, what you and your mum have been doing are sort of not like anybody else, right? So over, I get what you're saying, yeah. but you look at things like Shameless and the success Shameless had, and that was very much Manchester. Yeah, yeah. It was very much that embodied within that programme. Or you look at Derry Girls and the success Derry Girls has had. That's a really specific place yeah. and a really specific viewpoint. But we can all kind of see. And do you know what is a great example? Korean K-pop and K-dramas. <laughs> yeah. That's a super weird viewpoint. The West eats it up. Little teenage girls, me, I have watched like four different Korean dramas. They make no sense. I watched 29 episodes of a TV show about a nun who went undercover in a boy band. And I loved it because her twin brother went for eye surgery and couldn't blink anymore. So she had to replace him in the boy band. And it was amazing. (laughs) And I didn't need to get Korean jokes or understand South Korean life to be like, I like this because you like what you like and you find your way through it and it's the reason why Game of Thrones works none of us is like I totally relate to this because I remember when I burned my husband and my three dragons came alive (laughs) (laughs) I know I I wasn't uh, I was doing my best to try and think of it from their point of view and you are right but maybe the good thing is I mean maybe it's good and and I'm really really delighted to see you both kind of getting recognition and awards and radio shows and tv shows and your mum's doing lots of acting now and it's really terrific i'm glad that it's i'm glad you've got recognition but maybe those years of just just doing your own thing and for limmy as well maybe for myself as well by being left alone what you end up creating is much more interesting than what you might have done had you been pulled out of obscurity at at, at, you know as an 11 year old stand-up if someone said come on let's do a tv show you wouldn't be the Ashley story that you are now and you wouldn't be doing the the stuff that you're doing now, yeah. Oh, wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. And uh, weirdly, that ties back to my autism diagnosis is the lady who diagnosed me said, if you'd been diagnosed as a kid, you wouldn't be the person you are today because all of your weirdness and all of the things that make you a good comedian are things you've put in place to deal with your autism. <laughs> and if you had been diagnosed as a child, you wouldn't have developed like, oh, I'm going to talk in a funny voice for three hours because it's going to protect <laughs> me from how uncomfortable I feel in this situation and yeah. that becoming a character or, oh, I'm going to put on a funny hat and pretend to be somebody else for a little while. But it's like, 
I'm happy with how everything. I'm there's yeah. not an ounce of me that's like, oh, we should have got this sooner. There are very talented people who I'm sad haven't been recognised at all, um, yeah. and I think that that sucks. And I think that there is a definite issue with Scottish voices getting heard. But I think that me and Mum were always prepared even within scotland <laughs> to be <laughs> told to piss off so we were always online yeah always like we were making youtube videos when youtube first became a thing yeah and we were making podcasts before people made podcasts and it was just a genuine reaction to even i remember going to bbc scotland when it was the old building with my mum when i was a kid and a big presenter going I could see her mouth moving and she went, what is she doing here? And looked at my mum and I was like, oh, we're not welcome here. Yeah, We're not a welcome. And it was just, okay, that's accepted. Let's go do our own thing. And so we did our own thing. So it was never, it was, there was never an expectation or an entitlement because it was always <laughs> like, it's fine. We'll just, and we found our own people. And that's the great thing about Twitch or podcasts or what you do. You find your own people yeah. and it's, it feels so much better than being forced or foisted upon people. Sure. No, and, and, and you know, and that's and the, all those years of doing the online stuff that you've done, you know, obviously in the last couple of years has come born big fruit uh, and, and, and meant you couldn't, you know, you've got that audience there and you're ready to go, whereas a lot of comedians are sort of suddenly scrabbling around trying to do stuff online and, and, and don't have that don't have that backing and it, I think it is you know it's sort of fascinating watch what I like about your your YouTube videos that and I have you know you've done a lot so I haven't seen all of them but they're you know there's it's more about the idea than the production values you know the the uh, Handmaid's Tale one which is just awesome is just you holding a big piece of card or something over your head but yeah. uh, and seemingly just uh, improvising around maybe a couple of ideas you've had but it uh, and and you know you la- your mum's filming some of them and you laugh you bre- you're laughing at the end and they're very homemade but but really great content and so you know it's it's really great to see stuff like that develop and and a lot of the, the so the the Harry Potter the Scottish Harry Potter one has been seen like tens of millions of times around the around the world yeah right? i think it's like something stupid like 40 50 million right. um which, which is insane but, so you I, I was in i just read about that and so this is you just harry potter as a as a scottish female <laughs> wizard uh and it's very i won't try and describe it just watch these things they're worth watching but you you put that out yourself and then it was bought by a, a lad was it a lad bible or something with the website that yeah it was Lad Bible bought it, and I was filming with Josie Long the right. day they bought it. And um, one of the guys who was in Harry Potter was in the production that we were doing, and I was like really excited to meet him. And <laughs> it had just gone viral that day. It was Sean Bigger stuff, and I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and he was just no interest, didn't care. And I was like, oh, okay, but. It was the first time anybody had ever, who I didn't know, had recognised me. And it was like somebody in the production was like, oh my God, you're that girl on that Harry Potter video. And I was like, yes, I am. Thank you so much. And I'm stood beside a person from Harry Potter who they didn't recognise. And that was the gold. That was the juice right there. Was somebody being like, oh, you're the Harry Potter girl. And I'm like, yeah. But all it is, is I think, again, it's 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 a 100% of me being like, there's never anybody like me in these things yeah. there's never just like a normal scottish person in these <laughs> fantastical situations and i yes. just think 
how funny would it be if like in the handmaid's tale if there was just like a scottish woman who was like raging that she'd been caught up in all this shite <laughs> it's great well also it's just such a, it's a lovely reference thing to go to i suppose there's a tv show but you know it's a it's a highbrow reference but then also just really silly and fun and you know and 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 yeah just down to earth so i'm going yeah this is all right i'd I don't really like this bit of it, but this is I prefer this. It's 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 lovely stuff. Um, and uh, so when they so someone's bought it from you, but they make if it got viewed forty million times, then presumably did they make the revenue off of that, or did they did they give you a hundred quid for it, and then it's been viewed forty million times, or did they give you a good amount of money to make it worthwhile, or do you think it's worth it in terms of the uh, exposure that it's led led on to? I suppose. It was worth it in terms of it got me contracts to do short form right. um, where I got paid in advance by yeah. like the BBC or Channel 4 and that was really good because it meant that I could I could say like I, I could have ideas and people like them so yeah. here is my proof, there are my numbers and that's where it was a good thing um, but it was it was at the time where Lad Bible had just started paying people and stopped stealing content so right. it felt like a really big achievement <laughs> because usually they just stole your video yeah, and well, then... it's pretty good. <laughs> now it's still pretty good for someone to pay you for something and I and guess I like, it gave a, a platform to, to grow as well so you know it is it's, it is, uh, it's Again, it's interesting because I think a lot of, again, when I started doing podcasts, a lot of comedians go, "Why would you do stuff for no money?" And why, you know, what's, what? And I was, and I just wanted to do it to get the ideas out there. But, but actually, you're building, you're building something as you as you do that, and every, you know, it's it, it obviously has paid off. Um, I noticed you haven't got a Wikipedia page, Ashley, which is uh, about the third guest in about four or five weeks who's not got a Wikipedia page. And how is that possible? And why have you not got a Wikipedia page? I took it down. Oh, did you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because I have mischievous friends who were putting shit in it (laughs) that did not belong on the internet. Um, No, I don't. I don't know. I just like. I like. I like the fact that there are websites. You know, like those find out a celebrity's net worth websites. Yes. Okay, so I've found like three with mum in it. Right. And one has a picture of a man who is definitely not my dad, who's about 27, um, and says he works at Carphone Warehouse and that me and mum do a double act that are magicians. <laughs> <laughs> and that she's five foot two. And that, no, she's four foot eight. One of them said she was four foot eight, that we were magicians, and that my dad was a 27 year old who worked at Carphone Warehouse as a manager. Yeah. And I kind of like that that still exists that there are weird parts of the internet where somebody just made shit up and wikipedia would ruin that okay well i won't get i can i can send my my minions out to create you i've done it before i can do it again if you want one i can make the, i can make it happen i'll hold off okay. i've got a project coming out later in the year i'll maybe wait till then and see if that goes well okay because you know it makes it hard to research people if they don't have wikipedia pages because that's usually all i do is just look at Wikipedia. <laughs> what do you want to know? I'm not on Wikipedia. Just ask me, and I'll tell you. Um, yeah, I don't know. No, sometimes it just I don't. I don't know if I particularly want to know anything. I just uh, sometimes it. Uh, actually, I do. I'll tell you what I want to know more about is um, I want to know more about you working as a karaoke host, a bingo caller, and you. I want to know more about you working at a law film and met further making a pyramid out of soft drinks. That's tell pretty me all much about 
I worked as I was a temp who got sent to lots of different places and one of the places I got sent to was a law firm where Susan Kalman was a lawyer at the time. Oh wow. And um, my job was to answer the phone and set up the room for meetings and also they had a lot of after work activities. It was a whole hoo-ha and I would have to like serve the sandwiches and get and I got I I get bored and then I start to pretend I'm in a sitcom in my head and so I thought wouldn't it be funny if I built like a huge pyramid out of cans <laughs> in the the, the boardroom because they had it was literally a setup the Japanese were coming Richard that's like every sitcom from the 50s and 60s I love Lucy the Japanese are coming oh get it ready so I set up a giant pyramid of cans of drinks but the only way they could get a can of drink was to either to climb on the table and take one from the top <laughs> or face doom and yeah. then I left and they sacked me that day and I was like well that's fine because I'm not taking down your can of your pyramid of drinks so i'd love to have seen that like meeting in that law office where they had just asked me to leave and i had skipped on my merry way and did they decide to go to a different room or did they try and take down the can i mean if that fell on someone though they would be like you know there's a lawsuit waiting to happen so they could have you know they could have been sued themselves they'd have had to sue themselves they would have had to sue themselves because I was getting paid cash in hand, so I wasn't on the books. Good. Okay, well, that's good. And uh, yeah, so what? You would, would, how long did the karaoke hosting was that? Was that like at the same time as working in Frozen, or was that one of the? No, I did that when I was eighteen. Okay. I did it for maybe a year and a half, and okay. I used to do all the really angry like football bars, and they loved me because I could rap, and I was wear these giant furry boots and then I would go along <laughs> to these angry, angry mostly really hardcore rangers pubs, like if you were Glaswegian and your audience I used to be the karaoke host at the Doctor's Bar and the Grapes Bar which were notorious bars loved it and I would do Kanye and Biggie Smalls and <laughs> they would pay me extra because I was adorable I was this little girl who was like yeah! And <laughs> would get really into my hip hop. And so you would, so you did stand up at eleven and twelve, and then sort of turned away from stand up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, what drew you back? So, was it were you would were you turned away from it because you didn't want to be? Is it a rebellion against your mum, or you just hadn't enjoyed? Did you enjoy doing it when you were younger, or was it? it I'll be very honest. I died on my hole. <laughs> For the first time when I was 14 and I hated that feeling and I wasn't equipped to let it go because, again, probably a big sign of my neural atypical brain being like, I'm never going to be able to get over this shame. And um, I didn't cope well with it. And then I kind of, I was always in the periphery. I mean, you remember me when I was a teenager, I was always roundabout comedy (laughs) doing something, but never being a comedian, but always always somewhere in the mix annoying somebody or flying for somebody or teching for somebody or running on stage and winding people up during spank um and when i was like 15 during the (laughs) naked promo just being like show a bib and then (laughs) running away again um and i always loved it but i never had the guts to kind of pursue it and properly go for it and i just kind of tiptoed closer and closer to it that was what happened and then eventually 
it was um, some horrible, traumatic things happened in my life, and I just thought, oh, it's that thing where something really bad happens, and you either change or you stay. And yeah. I, I twisted, and I didn't <laughs> stick. And I thought, oh, I can't do this anymore. I can't stay in my room and feel sad anymore. And this is the only thing I'm actually good at. So. <laughs> And it changed everything for the better. Yeah, well, it's, it's almost unbelievable that you had a time where you were. <laughs> it seems it seems such a good fit for you, and it's a fit that you found sort of so young because of you know partly because of your circumstances and your mum and all that sort of stuff, but also you know you'd found your people. I think. Yeah, so but you know of... how like your brain sometimes think, "Oh, this is too easy." Yeah, something must be wrong. <laughs> But it's kind of what my brain did because it's too e- it's too easy to at eleven have gone. Oh, this is the thing I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life. That's yeah. that's it. I found my co- that's too weird. So I did every other job I could literally do to try and disprove that eleven years old <laughs> that I'd peaked. <laughs> well, not peaked. Just found found your place in the world, and like it's. I don't know who's it was Sindhu V who who uh, who just seemed so funny but did, came to comedy quite late in comparatively now I think in a you know in her thirties or something like that but she didn't even sort of start doing comedy till much later and yet she seems so like someone you think you're just you yeah. you're so comfortable and she was so comfortable straight away as a comedian that it's sort of almost unbelievable she didn't find it before but to have found it and then it's good is it you know i think it's a, a, it's the right decision in a lot of ways and yeah any teenager who'd who'd been 14 and played in an actual club and been you know and and, and died is not going to feel great about it i was 20 21 when I, when that was happening to me and it was and it was devastating yeah. <laughs> so yeah so you know it's i think it's it's also as i'm sure you've said but it's good to have some actual real life experience as well. When you to as you know, an eleven year old doing comedy is a sort of there's a little bit of a novelty to that. But you've not experienced anything in life, which can be a funny way of coming at it. But you know, yeah, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty to go into. I just look at myself and go, how did I go into a room of adults as a twenty one year old and think that they would want to pay money to to hear me tell fucking <laughs> jokes that. Of my non fucking life, you know that I'd done, but basically not even and had sex more or less. But anyway, um, yes, good. Look, oh, this is there's so much to talk to you about, um, and uh, you know we won't get it all. I should, you know, d- didn't need to have your mum in at all. Did be those other times. Just thought we should just just in case, just have her there. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about what we do. You do you're doing like you've got your Twitch channel, which. Uh, uh, is that just Ashley's story? So, the, what? How how many nights a week are you doing? Do you do one show a week, or do you do Twitch.tv forward slash Ashley Story? Okay. I do. I try and do three a week. Right now, I'm doing two a week because I've got an acting job coming up, and I'm doing a lot of like preparation for that, and it's taking up a lot of time. Um, but three a week usually, um, and I love it. Yeah, it's it, great. I love Twitch. Well, it really suits again. It really suits you, and your your mum pops up in those as well. <laughs> so, uh, and you, I, I was watching. Uh, I don't know if this was a Twitch one or just a YouTube one. I was watching you reading out your Harry Potter 
erotic fan fiction, but that's the sort of thing that... uh, That was a Facebook Live we did, and we raised um, (laughs) £12,000 for the Carers Trust doing that. So for every £1,000, I read another chapter of Hippogriff Fever, which was an erotic novella I wrote before I'd ever had sex, um, about um, characters from Harry Potter who were quarantined, which was very... Prophetic. Yeah. Prophetic. We're, we're prophetic people. Uh, and so, do watch that. And are you, are you are people able to use the Amazon Prime money to give you free money on your channel as well? Because people should do that. Subscribe yes. with Amazon Prime if you can to somebody on Twitch. Because that's the interesting thing about Amazon Prime, yeah. Richard. Is once you've paid for your Amazon Prime, you do get a free subscription to any Twitch channel of your choosing, be it yourself or me. Yeah, doesn't matter. Or Roscoe. Roscoe's another good shout for somebody yeah. you could check out on Twitch. Well, there's lots of people there. It's free money, basically. If you're already with Amazon Prime, don't sign up just to give us money. Just give us money if you want to give us money. But <laughs> if you're with Amazon Prime, you can basically give back nearly everything you've paid for Amazon Prime to uh, someone on Twitch who you like. So do do that. Uh, and uh, lots of... I mean, you, you obviously did the podcast with your mum for a long time, which you're not, you, you don't, you're not doing this podcast together now though are you that's that no i have my own podcast called are we being unreasonable which i do with guests um but mum does the jenny godley podcast on her own and it's fine that she's got the jenny godley show because i have the ashley story show available on bbc radio scotland and the bbc sounds app or website every friday (laughs) night from 10 p.m till 1 a.m so yeah check that out well that's good that's all good so there's all this that you've got stuff coming up later in the year i don't know if you could talk about so you've got acting jobs you've got various exciting things happening so it does and you won you've been winning awards both you and your mum have been winning awards yeah uh, uh, which is really terrific to see uh so look keep going i mean thanks you, richard you, you i'll ha- try you'll have to there's not you're not going to be able to do anything else you're nuts the aliens are, they're not unless they come back oh the aliens are here and you don't have to do anything anymore you're going to feel so foolish when Marco Rubio goes into Congress and it, that's who's pushing this forward, by Is the it? way. That's the most shocking thing. It's Marco Rubio who's pushing this through Congress. <laughs> and they're going to be like, BTW, Richard Herring, yeah, well, the tall greys are real. I'll accept it if it happens, but uh, you know, and I'll be glad in a lot of ways. But uh, I think, sadly, we're going to carry on on our own without gods or monsters to uh, look over us. As we plunge into our inevitable doom, um, but yes, do check out all of Ashley's stuff. <laughs> uh, you've got a Flintstones duvet, I noticed, as well as you've got the same cup as me. You've got the same cup as me, which I can't see on my thing. You've got a Flintstones duvet as well as Flintstones duvet's gone. Ah, oh. yeah. Have you still got the Gustav Klimt, uh, the Kiss painting behind your nope, bed? Nope, that is gone completely. What? Um, all of the good stuff is gone. I painted my room teal and battleship grey and replaced all of the art with boxes. Um, I do have a shit ton of crowns and wigs. <laughs> <laughs> and will, the William, the, the the Captain Kirk figurines still there? Have those gone as well? Oh no, Captain Kirk is still about. Um, he was appeared on the live stream last night when I was trying to, you know, the literary review do that bad sex and fiction award. Yes. So I was reading bits of that out to mum and she was poking me in the face with Captain Kirk while I was trying to read Kirsty Bork's Bad Sex. <laughs> Good. And have you heard from William Shatner? I know you're friends with William Shatner. Weirdly, just pops up. When we had the second birthday of my radio show, he wrote in and requested a song, but that wasn't even the best shout out we got. Billy Baldwin wrote in. Really? <laughs> Which is mad. <laughs> You mix it with all the stars, and it will carry on going. Uh, I can't wait to see you. 
in Hollywood. I hope to see. I hope they will put you on. I mean, let's see. I know a lot of uh, female comedians were very cross with that end of year show where there's either no women in it or they they put a non-comedian woman on a show yeah. like that. Uh, and they really need someone like you on a show like that, I think. And I know, think I'd be good at rounding up the year with Stacey Solomon. <laughs> and maybe instead I think I'd be great. No offence to Stacey, but maybe instead of Stacey Solomon. But I know your your mum's been on Have I Got News For You, but you guys not popped up on the on the, on the 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 English uh, panel show so much. So I hope that they people will see you and get you on because, you know, that it's, it's about what's up here. In it, not Stacey <laughs> Solomon. What's up there? What's coming out of here? She's a nice girl. And I've sure. got antlers. So You've got antlers. <laughs> that's all you need. Uh, look, it's been really lovely to talk to you. I'm going to let you go. Uh, it's been a fantastic uh, podcast, and uh, do check out all of Ashley's stuff on her Twitch. Not, not if I'm on. Don't check out her Twitch then. Uh, do check out my Twitch uh, stuff as well. If you're watching this on YouTube, I do a puppet show. I haven't gone mad, uh, and I play myself at snooker. I'm fine, and sometimes I clear stones off a field. It's all normal. Uh, next week on Rahala Stupert, we have Danny Robbins from That Was Then, This Is Now. And uh, uh, he's doing a fantastic uh, radio show about uh, the Battersea poltergeist. Uh, I used to work with him. Uh, pre As It Occurs To Me, was uh, he was the one who was dropped from That Was Then, This Is Now when I went, when it went to As It Occurs To Me. We'll talk about that a lot, I'm sure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, give a big round of applause to the wonderful Ashley Story. See you next week. Goodbye. <laughs> You have been listening to Rahul with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Ashley Story. Thank you to Pest for playing the music. Thank you to Kathleen McKeegan, who, for a fantastic website, rahulastapa.com, which is a very useful research tool when I've had guests on before. I'm in debt to my friend and director and producer, Chris Evans, not that one, and everyone at gofasterstrike.com and Sky Potato and ACAS. Uh, thank you also to Ben Walker. Um, uh, this is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStrike.com production. Head to GoFasterStrike.com slash badges. Become a monthly badger. Get all kinds of benefits. Terms and conditions do not apply. Uh, you have to pay money. That's the terms and conditions. Um, you can get extra interviews from backstage. It's a very good one with Ashley Story. And you can get that stand-up shows. You get a badge. You get membership cards. And you help give us money to make more online content. What more do you want, you motherfuckers? 
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Thanks for listening. Go to GoFasterStrike.com for all your download needs. Thank you to Chris Evans, as always. Not that one. Uh, for the spectacular work he does on all of these podcasts. Uh, RichardHerring.com for all your gigs needs as well. Thanks for listening. Listen to another one. Go on, I dare you.